Let's read these first nine verses of Joshua chapter 1 together. Scripture says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. As I said unto Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Let's pray together as we look in God's word. Father, we are so thankful that we can gather together as a group of believers from different backgrounds, different interests, and what joins us together is, is, is not our occupation, it's not our favorite sports team, it's not what country or what state we were born in, but Lord, what, what ties us together is Jesus Christ. And Lord, we ask that you would do a work in our hearts this morning. Lord, we need you. We're reminded that the only hope that this world has is Jesus. And in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of trials, in the midst of uh, just unknown things that are happening all around us, Lord, please remind us that you will never leave us or forsake us. Remind us that you are a good God who loves us and is all-powerful. So we ask that you would work in our hearts during this time. Thank you for this church family, and thank you for this work here in this area, and I pray that your name would be lifted up. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I mentioned earlier, certainly thankful for the opportunity to open God's word this morning, and as we think about what is taking place uh, there in Russia and Ukraine Uh, It's just fascinating to watch history unfold in front of us. And I don't know how closely you're following that, but I know there are some here that have family members over there. I know in our church at Bible Baptist up in Matthews, we have several families that have loved ones over in Ukraine. And part of me is intrigued by what's taking place, knowing that God is at work. God is is not taking God by surprise. And God is going to use this. We don't always understand it, but he's going to use it for his glory and for our good in some way. 
But I heard recently that there were even some conversations behind closed doors uh, between uh, Putin from Russia and some of the Ukraine leaders talking about trying to come to an agreement of a ceasefire or peace. And, and, and part of us would be like, it would be very interesting just to listen in on those conversations. And here in Joshua chapter 1, we actually have the privilege of listening in on a conversation that God is having with Joshua. And we have scripture in front of us, and, and, and God allowed this particular passage to be, to be given to us so that we can learn from it. And so as, as we look here at your handout in front of you, the, verse, the first two verses here of Joshua chapter 1 remind us of this really important principle that God specifically calls his children to accomplish tasks for him. And we know the story well of, of the Israelites. And Moses had led the people of Israel from Egypt. And here they are, they're on the brink of entering the promised land. And God calls Moses home to heaven. And Joshua steps to the forefront of leadership. And we are seeing leadership unfold right before our eyes as we think about the Russia-Ukraine conflict, the war. But can you imagine what Joshua is thinking? You know, Moses led the people for many, many years, and and the the people of Israel were not sometimes the greatest followers. They they often complained. They often griped. You know, God would provide certain food for them, and they weren't happy with that. God would part waters. God would provide manna from heaven. And over and over and over again, God God would provide for them. And then what would happen? They would often complain. And we look at the Israelites and we say, how foolish can you be? Can't you see God providing for you? And then I step back and I look at myself in the mirror and I say, Brad, how many times has God provided for me? And when a new situation comes up in my life, I start doubting God. I start questioning God's goodness. I start asking the question, God, where are you? Do you even care about me? And I forget that God has provided for me along the way. And and in the same way, God calls us to accomplish things for him. And and that's a remarkable truth. And I remind our our teens of this regularly, that God has, has planted us and placed us exactly where he wants us to be. It is no mistake that the Huffman family is located in this area that God called them here. It is no mistake that God allowed a group of teenagers from Matthews, North Carolina, to travel four hours to serve here. And there are many times when God asks us to do something or God brings us to a situation that our initial thought, just like Joshua's thought, is I can't do this. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough resources. And I really believe this is how Joshua was feeling. And God comes along and he reminds us, and reminds Joshua and reminds us that God specifically calls his ch- children to accomplish tasks for him. And if you look there, again in scripture, the verse, first couple of verses, verse number two, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of of Israel. And on your notes there, letter A, God calls Moses home and Joshua steps to the forefront of leadership. And I don't know 
what God is asking you to do this week or next week or next month or this year. But I do know this, that God has a purpose for your life. That God has a plan for your life. And we need to be reminded that this good God that we just sang about is desiring to accomplish his work through his people. And again, it does not matter if you're a teenager, if you're an adult, no matter what stage of life, no matter what background, God has a plan and a purpose for you. And so Joshua steps to this forefront of leadership. And throughout Scripture, God's chosen leaders have felt an inadequacy to accomplish the task that God has given. Moses, remember Moses, God, I can't do this. I can't go to Pharaoh and, and ask to let the people of Israel go. You look at David, you look at Paul, and all expressed their insufficiency, but it reminds us that God is the only one who is sufficient. You have a couple of verses there on your notes after letter A, 2 Corinthians 3, 5, reminds us not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. And what a great reminder that is, because maybe there's a neighbor that that lives next to you or on your street, and you're just praying that God would give you the opportunity to just maybe just talk to them about the gospel. And again, the juniors and seniors in our school, we're actually in a class this year, a leadership class. And we've been giving them different assignments throughout the year where they have had to step out of their comfort zone and, and do certain things. And one of the things they had to do was they had to teach a lesson in our school to the elementary students. And they had to prepare that and they had to teach that. And for some of them, they were like really eager. I can't wait, Dr. Parker. Sign me up. All right, when can I teach? Can I teach every day? And there were a few of them that said, Dr. Parker, I'd rather do anything else than teach a lesson to elementary students. Because we don't like stepping outside of our comfort zone. We don't like getting uncomfortable sometimes. What happens if my neighbor doesn't talk with me? What happens if... You know, this doesn't happen. But yet here God is is speaking to Joshua and speaking to us that, okay, we have insufficiencies, but our God is all sufficient. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 reminds us that God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. And I don't know what work God is calling you to. For Joshua, it was leading the people of Israel. That's obviously not what he's calling us to do. But I do know this. God specifically calls his people to accomplish tasks. And he works in in really unique ways. And and you know the Huffman story well as the Lord called them from Brazil here to the Atlanta area. For my wife and I uh, in 2018. Was it 2018 for you all as well? So it was 2018 the Lord, uh, in, in a way that only he could do, started kind of nudging our hearts to consider maybe a different ministry. Would we be willing to consider a different ministry? And, and my wife and I wrestled with it because we were at the ministry up in, up in Maryland, outside of Washington, D.C., for 13 years. And we were comfortable, and we knew the people, and they knew us, but we just felt God nudging us. And we, we came to the decision, okay, God, um, if you want us to go somewhere then we'll go somewhere. And right after my wife and I kind of came to that conclusion, 
then really, without us even looking for a different ministry, God started bringing other organizations or ministries to us saying, hey, would you consider coming you know, to Ohio, to Pennsylvania, to West Virginia, to North Carolina? And it was almost like, okay, God, we can't do all of these things, so what would you like us to do? Because we do know that you call us to specific tasks. And in fact, my wife and I said no to all of them. We say, you know what, God, we don't want to do this. We don't want to step out. And the Lord kept burdening our hearts. And four years ago, we left our ministry in Maryland to move down to Matthews, North Carolina, to serve as school administrator and administrator pastor of of our church and school. And I look back at that, and the first year, it was like, Lord, I can't do this. I don't know these students. They don't know me. I don't know these teachers. I don't know these parents. But you know what? I have seen God work so much in my own heart and the heart of my family through this. And it's a great reminder that God is calling his people to accomplish tasks. And even though we may not feel uh, prepared to do this, even though we may not be even, you know, feel like we're in a place that God can use us, we must obey and by faith trust that God will provide. And so let her be there in your notes. Why then does God call us? Why does God call the Huffmans from Brazil to Atlanta? Why does God call the Parker family from Maryland down to Matthews, North Carolina? Because I'm convinced that God is working in our hearts. And as you see there, why does God call us to these areas that we may not be comfortable with and, 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 and really that sometimes, um, you know, stretch us in different ways? Right? 1 Corinthians 1.9 teaches us this principle Paul says this, we had the sentence of death in ourselves. And we know the story of Paul and how he was put in prison and he was beaten. And in 2 Corinthians 1.9, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God which raises the dead. And friends, this morning, I don't know what God is calling you to, and I don't know what God is calling me to next. But I do know this, that God brings situations into our lives And he specifically calls us to accomplish things for his glory. And he stretches us and he puts even difficult circumstances in front of our path so that we would quit trusting ourselves and we would start trusting him. Because it is so easy for me to start relying upon my own strength, my own wisdom, my own background, my own experiences And say, God, I've got this. And when God called our family four years ago to North Carolina, I was actually not raised in the South. I'm not a Southern boy. And so, now, I love sweet tea. (laughs) And our family loved Bojangles when we came down South. That was always one of our first stops when we went down South. But, But that was not naturally me. And so, Lord, I can't do this. And God said, you know what, Brad? I'm I'm teaching you a lesson to trust me and not in yourself. And so you see there, one, see what area of ministry has God been calling you to? What is God asking you to do? And I don't know what that is, but I trust that God would put a burden on your heart. If I can brag on our juniors and seniors for a moment. This past week, or maybe two weeks ago, uh, one of them texted me and said, Dr. Parker, uh, could you let me know, we have have two ladies that work in our office at school, one full-time, one part-time, and they texted me and said, 
Uh, Dr. Parker, could you tell me what some of your favorite restaurants are for our office staff? And so I shot, I just texted some people to ask, you know, some family members, you know, what does Mrs. Clark like? What does Mrs. Young like? I got the answers back. I, I passed that along. And our juniors and seniors took it upon themselves to gather some money and buy some gift cards for our office staff. Amen. Without me, like, you know, forcing them into it, without me, you know, saying, hey, this is a project, this is a class. No, it was actually out of their own volition. And because God specifically called them to do something. And it could be as easy as giving a gift card to someone and saying, thank you for your ministry. Or it could be, you know, looking across the street at a neighbor and, and just reaching, reaching out to them and saying, is there a way I can be a blessing to you? Can I provide a meal for you? Can I, can I, can I cut your lawn for you? Can I, can I just do something? And, and it could be as, as, as small as that. And God will use that in great ways. Because, number one, God specifically calls his children to accomplish tasks for him. Number two there, not only does God specifically call his children to accomplish tasks for him. Number two, God promises that we will have the victory as we carry out what God has called us to do. That we will have the victory. Look back at our text there in Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 3. What what does God remind Joshua Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. As I said unto Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, even into the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites. And then verse 5, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And when God brings you in and calls you to accomplish specific things for him, and, and I can even remind, I remind myself, it may not be something that God is even asking me to do, but maybe something God brings into my life that I never even asked for. Maybe a health trial. Maybe a financial difficulty that I'm experiencing. Right? Those are, God even asks us to walk through sometimes those valleys. And, but... Uh, point number two, God promises that we're going to have the victory as we carry out what God has called us to do. What a comforting thought is that when God calls us to a particular task, he promises that we will be victorious. Even though Joshua may have been overwhelmed with the prospect of leading this complaining group of people, these Israelites, God promised the victory. And throughout Scripture, there are instances when God's people, humanly speaking, do not have a chance to come out victorious, but God gives the victory. And I think it actually does ourselves well when we step back and remind ourselves of some of those uh, instances in Scripture of when God intercedes in a remarkable way. Do you remember Gideon with his 300 men going against the Midianites? Remember David killing Goliath, the story that we always enjoyed hearing when we were kids? Even the children of Israel having their needs met in the wilderness. How God provided food for them. And because when God calls us to accomplish a specific task, God promises the victory. The Bible teaches that what God calls us to accomplish, he will provide the results. I mentioned earlier that we asked our juniors and seniors this year, to share a Bible lesson to the elementary students. 
And there were a few of them that were really excited, and there were a few of them that said, remember, Dr. Parker, I would rather run away. Do I have to come to school that day, the day I'm scheduled to present my lesson? Okay, and some of them laugh, you know, the ones that were telling me that. And I asked them afterwards how it went. And to a student, to a person, they said, Dr. Parker, it was actually really good. I actually enjoyed it a little bit. I actually saw God working and using me to make an impact in the lives of the students. Because when God calls us to a task, he promises the victory. And remember, the victory is not determined by, uh, by my terms, but by God's terms. God is the one that provides the victory. God is the one that, that, that speaks into my life. And, and maybe the victory, you know, we, we may you know, just bumble through a lesson. But you know what? God working in my own heart and God using that lesson to impact the lives of a student can, be, can just be a phenomenal thing. One of the things that God has allowed me to do is, is teach some online classes, college classes, um, and I've had the privilege of interacting with students on six different continents, which I just step back and just praise the Lord uh, for those opportunities. But sometimes when I teach online, it's hard because I can't see the students. I can't interact with the students that well. And I can, I can walk up to our students and talk to them and ask them how their day is going, but I don't see always, you know, you don't have the same interaction with an online class. And, and just uh, on Friday... I got a text just randomly in the middle of the day from one of my former students that was taking a class online with me and mentioned, Dr. Parker, I just wanted to reach out. The Lord brought you to my mind, and I just wanted to thank you for teaching an online class because what you taught me was so helpful as I've been going through a particular trial here in my school. Amen. And I step back and say, that's a God thing. Yeah. That's, that's not me. That's, that's, that's the God thing. Because God calls me to a specific task of teaching something, a class online, and God brings the results. God brings the victory. 1 Thessalonians 5.24, you have that reference there. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. God is with us. He will provide. And we can think back to all kinds of situations in Scripture, can't we, of where God provides for his people. But can we just pause here for a second and just, and just maybe think for ourselves, how has God provided in your life? Sometimes we get so caught up in the busyness of life that we fail to think back and look back and say, you know what, God really provided for me in a way I didn't even anticipate. And that gives us just a foundation so that way when God calls us to the next task, we can look back and say, I saw how God provided here. God, you're going to provide again for me. And you're going to provide again for me. And I can keep trusting you. And I remind our teens all the time that they can learn English and science and math and history. But when they're in that 16, 17, 18-year-old age range, if they learn at that age to trust God, no matter what happens, and remind themselves of God's goodness then they're going to have a really successful life. Amen. Because life is all about difficulties and trials. Sometimes they, they I hear them talk, talking about, you know, a test, a quiz, or something else going on in school. And it's like, I just can't wait to get out of school because all my problems will be gone. And I remind them that it's just the beginning, right? It's just the beginning. But if we learn to trust God, 
Oh, that, that, that will bring, that's so valuable as we think through that. And so God specifically calls his children to accomplish tasks for him. Number two, God promises that we will have the victory. Number three, so what is our role? Our role must be one of strength and courage to stay in God's word, even when we don't feel like it, in order to have biblical success. We must have the strength and courage to stay in God's word. And so notice back at our text in verse number six, what does God say to Joshua in verse six? Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Verse 7, only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And then verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And this is the problem that you and I face, because God calls us to accomplish a task. We realize that God promises the victory, and we can even look back and, and remind ourselves of when God provided for us in our own lives previously. But then what happens? Satan starts to tempt us to quit to give up. You can't do this. God really doesn't love you. But we must remember that God has given us the power to press on. We won't take the time to look at Ephesians 1, 18 and 20, but I would just encourage you to go there. And Satan will tempt you. And, and I can promise you, for the Huffman family, there have been times where it's like, well, God called us to Atlanta, but, but Satan comes in and says, you can't do this. I know for my wife and I, when we moved from Maryland to North Carolina, there were days we were like, Lord, can we really do this? Why did you call us down here? What are you trying to accomplish through us? And here, this is the same thing Joshua is feeling. Joshua says, I can't do this. And God reminds them, be strong and of good courage. Verse 7, only be thou strong and very courageous. Turn not from the right hand or to the left. Don't give up on the task that God has given to you. Because we want results immediately, but we're not operating on God's timetable, right? Our timetable is not God's timetable. You know, we want to see results or growth or someone saved immediately. But sometimes God says, be patient. Allow me to work in my timing. And so our role must be one of strength to encourage to stay in God's word. We must remember that God has given us the power to press on. Be strong and be courageous. Turn not from the right hand to the left. And then letter D there in your notes, to, to meditate on and obey God's word. What is true success? True success, verse 8, is a reminder that, that we are in God's word, as, as Ethan shared in his testimony, to really know who God is. Do we really think about God during the day? Or is God just, okay, we say a prayer in the morning, we may pray, say a prayer at night, but we just go on our day and we're not thinking God thoughts throughout the day. And some people would say, and I would say this as well, I just have a trouble, I just have trouble meditating. But the reality is for all of us, we're really good meditators because we're all really good worriers. You know, I worry about all kinds of things. We were planning this trip. I'm worried about the weather. What's the weather going to be? Is it going to rain? You know, we're worried about 
you know, are we going to, you know, have COVID issues with our people, with your people? Are we going to have issues? You, you constantly, you, you start evaluating every possible angle of a situation, right? That's what meditation is. We're, we can actually meditate really well. The problem is we, we call it worry and we focus on ourselves and things that we can't control instead of focusing on God and who God is. And so as we think about this, we must meditate and obey God's word. Is Satan winning the battle in your life? When he tempts you to give up, maybe even never to start, do you give in? Do you get discouraged because of the circumstances? Don't go your way. Be strong and of good courage. Philippians 3.14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And money and prestige and popularity and entertainment will distract us from what God is trying to do, called us to do, stay focused on the calling at hand. And be in God's word. Meditate and obey it. I love what one commentator said about God's word. Because for me, it is easy to neglect God's word sometimes. We have a school that we're running. We got students there at 7 o'clock in the morning. I get up. I'm thinking about this and that and the other thing. And we have to get this organized and that room ready or whatever it may be. And it's easy to say, okay, well, God's word can just be put off till this afternoon or this evening. And one commentator said this, at first, it may feel like freedom to skimp on prayer and neglect a word, but then we pay. Shallowness, powerlessness, vulnerability to sin, a preoccupation with the world, and even a frightening loss of interest in worship and the things of the spirits. And so I remind our students, the song that we would sing as little kids, the wise man built his house upon the rock. And the foolish man built his house upon the sand. May we be men and women that are doers of God's word and not hearers only. Amen. And then number four there in your notes. When tempted to fear and doubt, we must focus on God and not our problems. He is always with us. Oh, what a great reminder in verse number nine. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. And this last phrase is a phrase I have gone back to over and over and over again. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Once we are called to do something and we realize that God will provide our needs and we begin to, seek, begin to see success, it is easy to take our eyes off God and focus on the problems around us. It's just this. It's our nature. We want to focus on the problems around us. And God reminds us, and God reminds Joshua, and he reminds us that life is full of problems. And if we keep our eyes focused on the problems, we're not going to have ultimate success. That we must keep our eyes focused on him. And, and I don't know what God is bringing you through right now. I don't know what God has called you to, where maybe to serve, or where to minister, or who to reach out to, or, or even things that God has brought into your life. But can I just remind you to keep your eyes focused on God, that he will never leave you, he will never forsake you. The juniors and seniors, we, we, we joke a little bit at school because we'll find some notes around the, around the school building that junior high students leave for one another. And some of those notes are like a guy wrote, writes a note to a girl or a girl writes a note to a guy. You know, I love you so much. 
I will never leave you. This is like a seventh grade boy writing a note to a seventh grade girl. And, and they are like, you know, they're ready to get married like tomorrow. And the juniors and seniors hear that and they kind of chuckle. And why do they chuckle at that? Why do they laugh at that? Because they realize that that's, that's just junior high um, childish, immature things that, that, that are being said because they realize that's not going to last. That boy is, is going to give up on that girl or that girl is going to give up on that boy. And sure enough, you come back the next week and there, there are tears and there's crying and what happened and well, so-and-so doesn't like me anymore and so-and-so left me and, and that's some of the drama that happens in our school. But I look here at Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9 because for, for you and me, we deal with you know, bigger issues than, than that. We deal with a lot of heartaches sometimes, some frustrations, some disappointments. And I go back to Joshua 1.9, and I remind myself that the Lord thy God is with thee, no matter where you go. The God who is my rock and my redeemer that we sung about the God who is all-powerful, who loves us, he's never going to leave you. And friend, this morning, I don't even know what this week is going to hold. I was thinking about the people there in Ukraine. You know, two months ago, three months ago, I didn't see this coming. Maybe I was just ignorant to world news, but I didn't see this extent of war coming. But I know that God will never leave those Christians there in Ukraine that God is with them, that God loves them. And I remind our, our, our teens that God is with them and God loves them no matter the disappointments they face, no matter the frustrations they may feel. I need to remind myself that God never leaves me, God never forsakes me, because I have disappointments, I have frustrations, I have things in my life that I said, if I was God, I wouldn't do that. Have you ever thought that? Man, if I was all-powerful and I loved everybody, I wouldn't allow a country to invade another country. But you know what? I need to step back and say, I'm not God. And my God is all-powerful and he's all-loving. And no matter what comes into my life, he's never going to leave me or forsake me. And that provides that foundation. And so if... God here tells Joshua, don't be afraid, don't be dismayed, God is with you. And if you are pursuing God's calling in your life, remember that God is more than enough. He's more than enough. Amen. Amen. And we need that. Because as fast as the news broke about Russia invading Ukraine, we realized that there can be news this week that affects Atlanta, Georgia that affects Charlotte, North Carolina, that affects our country in some way. And if we have that foundation that my God is more than enough to deal with financial situations, health situations, relationships, things at work, no matter what it is, that brings stability to my life because God is at the center of it. And so you see there in your notes, just in conclusion as we wrap up, what has God called you to do? And maybe this week, maybe it's something small. Maybe it's just writing a note 
to someone that you have not spoken to for a while. Remember, God will give you the victory. And God will ask you to step out of your comfort zone and maybe even ask you to talk to a neighbor that, you know, I don't know how they're going to respond to me. I don't know if they're going to, you know, even welcome me into, you know, walking up to their door. Remember, God, what God calls you to do, he will provide the victory. What is our responsibility? We must stay in his word and press toward that calling with strength and courage. And then finally, we must remain focused on him and remember that he will never leave us or forsake us. Well, I trust that's been an encouragement to you. As I was even studying and preparing for this, the Lord used this to remind me just of my need of him and also to be sensitive to what God is asking me to do. And uh, I'm even thankful that God burdened my heart to reach out to Pastor David to say, can we bring a group down here? God specifically calls us to a task. And when I asked the juniors and seniors, I said, you guys want to take a trip? They said, sure, where are we going? I said, you have to go down and sing in front of people that you don't know. And you have to give testimonies in front of people that you don't know. And they said, can we just do the world of Coke instead? (laughs) But God provides and God works and God will never leave you nor forsake you. Let's have a word of prayer.